This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Hi, this is Craig Huey of Reality Alert Word. I want to thank you again for joining us on this podcast. And my lovely bride, Shelly, she's not with me right now, but boy, I am really honored and excited about the next guest that we have. That's uh, Ken Ham of Answers in Genesis, and you may have read one of his 25 books. You may have been to the um, Creation Museum, to the uh, Ark Encounter. Uh, he's, he's been instrumental in, in, in those, and uh, he's famous for his debates uh, on, uh, on uh, creation, and, uh, and uh, he's an author of one of the books, Divided Nation. Ken, welcome. Hey, thanks, Ray. Great, great to be with you. Ken, we are a divided nation, and, and people are looking around at the culture, they're looking around at the politics, and they're seeing this great divide, they're seeing um, things falling apart before their eyes. What's going on? Well, you know, I, I like to say, let's look first of all at the church. We've yes. got, we got major problems in the church. Yes. There's a generational loss from the church. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the 1700s, what, 70 to 80% of people attended church. Yes. But as you start to look at all the statistics now, as you go from, say, the greatest generation to the silent and then right. to the baby boomers right. and down to generation X, Y, Z, yeah. it's interesting how you see every generation there's a decline in church attendance. Now when you look at generation Z and millennials, sort of mix them a bit together, there's a bit of overlap there, about just over 8% attending church. It's heartbreaking, so, it's disturbing, and, and a lot of it is the nuns, not, not the ladies in the black dresses, right. but the nuns because they're not... Uh, atheists, they're not agnostics, they're not Catholic, they're not Buddhists, they're not Christians, they're nothing. Uh, but one thing we can say for sure, they're not neutral, because yes. the Bible says you're either for Christ or against. Thank you. So if they're not for, they're against. Yes. Uh, so we've got Very to understand there's no such thing as a neutral position. Mm. You know, you either walk in light or darkness, build awesome. your house on the rock or build your house on the sand. Yes. Um, and as we look at generational loss, I would say that it's really in our time What's happened is there's been a particular attack on the Word of God. And this is what I say people have to come to grips with. Beginning in the 1800s, with the popularization of millions of years and then Darwinian evolution and so on, much of the church gave up Genesis 1 to 11. Yes. And they compromised it with Mm. evolution, reinterpreted it or whatever. Yes. Even many conservative pastors didn't know what to do with it and said, well, you know, it's too divisive an issue. But Genesis 1 to 11 is a foundation for everything. Wow. I mean, it's a foundation for the rest of the Bible, for your biblical worldview, and for all doctrine. I I mean, you think about it. If if you want to deal with any of the issues today, let's say marriage issue, where should we start as a Christian? Actually, Genesis 1 to 11, the origin of marriage, which is Genesis 1, 27, when God made male and female, Genesis 2, 24, uh, when he created marriage. So God created marriage, not Joe Biden or the Supreme Court justices, right? And... Then, if you want to deal with gender, you've got to start from well, where's the origin of gender? It's mm-hmm. Genesis 1:27. Uh, you want to deal with uh, racism? You have to start from Genesis 1 to 11 and understand we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. There's only one race, right. different people groups because of the Tower of Babel and so on. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to deal with the abortion issue, we have to understand humans are made in the image of God. Wow. We're different than the animals. Yes. And so, uh, uh, abortion is killing a human being made the image of God right from fertilization. My point is. 
if you if because we got a church that is so neglected, Genesis one to eleven, or yes. thrown it out, yes. we have generations who've been so indoctrinated by the culture. 90 percent of kids from church homes went to public schools. Yes. They threw God out, yeah. the Bible out, prayer yeah. out. The the Judeo Christian ethic that once permeated the schools was thrown out. Yes. And now we have generations indoctrinated in evolutionary atheism, naturalism. They come to our churches, those that have been in church, and, and the leaders have said, you can believe what you taught at school, don't worry about, wow. about Genesis. Yeah. Eventually they have left the church, yes. and their foundation is man's word, not God's word, because that's what they're given at school. Right. And then they, they have a morality in accord with that. In other words, why should we do whatever we want with marriage right. or, or gender or, right. or, or whatever it is? And I really look on what's happened in our culture today as really the church's fault. Yes. Because the church didn't stand on the authority of the Word of God mm. beginning in Genesis, didn't raise up generations with the foundation to know what they believe and why, yes. and has neglected greatly the teaching of apologetics, yes. which is equipping them with answers to all these attacks. Right. They, t generations today think science is showing you can't trust the Bible, it's a book of mythology. And you know, many people just have this idea, look, isn't Christianity all about Jesus, trust in Jesus? Uh, you know, what, what's Genesis got to do with that? Tell me how you explain the gospel to somebody without Genesis. Wow. I mean, if somebody says, yeah. trust in Jesus, why, who's he? Yeah. Well, he died on the cross for your sin. Died? Why did he die? Yeah. Well, for your sin. Well, sin? Why am I a sinner? Where did that come from? Yeah. You realize the foundation for the gospel is in Genesis, yes. the origin of sin, the yes. origin of death. The promise of the Messiah, Genesis 3.15, for instance, yeah. the setup of the sacrificial system as a shadow pointing to Christ, yes. uh, Genesis 3.21. I, I mean, we've neglected all that. Powerful, um, yes. And see, and as we look today at a culture that has changed, we're seeing all these uh, moral issues permeating the culture, moral relativism. And, and a lot of Christians, unfortunately, are looking out there and saying, Oh, we got the problem of gay marriage. We got the problem of abortion. The problem of racism. The problem of uh, gender, and and now we're seeing all sorts of other issues like intersectionality and right. all all sorts of different issues yes. going on. And they're looking at them, and I find many Christians are saying it's almost overwhelming. There's so many of these issues. How am I going to deal with them all? But here's the point: yes. if we as a Christian understand that. All of our thinking has a foundation. Yes. And ultimately, there's only two foundations. God's Word, who knows yeah. everything, right. or man's Word. Yes. And when you start to understand that, you realize something. Wait a minute. All of these issues are not different problems. They're all the same problem. Wow. They're different symptoms. Wow. What is the problem? Yes. That man, by himself, determines truth. Oof. Go back to Genesis 3. Powerful. The fall of man. Uh, God said to... Adam, you can eat all the trees, yes. one you're not to eat of. In other words, obey God's word. Mm -hmm. The devil comes and says, um, you know, did God really say? Mm -hmm. You can be like God. Yes. In other words, you be your own God. That's right. the battle that began there between God's word and man's wow. word. And if you build your thinking on God's word, yes. it's God that tells us what's right, what's yes. wrong, uh, what we're to believe, what our worldview is to be yes. based on his word. If it's man's word, it's, yes. well, anything goes. See, Judges 21-25, when there's no king to tell them what to do, they all do what is right in their mm -hmm. own eyes. Yes. And here's the interesting thing, is that when people say to me, what has happened in America, it's right. very simple. You take generations and you tell them the Bible is not the absolute authority. Yes. And you undermine the foundation of that authority. 
Um, and and they go through an education system that says man determines truth, God has right. nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, then your morality built on that is anything goes. But here's the thing, Craig. Okay. When you have a culture that builds its thinking on man's word, therefore anything goes, anything goes except Christianity. Yes. And the reason is because, well, I'll give you a practical example. I've had LGBT people come right. up to me and they've said, look, um, you people, you Christians are intolerant and you have hate speech. I said, why is that? All we want is freedom for our views. Right. You should allow all views. Mm -hmm. So you want me to allow all views? Yes. That's what you want? Someone to allow all views? Mm -hmm. Yes. But you don't allow all views. Right. And they say, yes, we do. We, we allow all views. No, you don't. You don't allow the view built on the Bible that here's what's right, here's what's wrong, because yeah, right. God says so. Gender in humans is only two. Marriage is a man and a woman, and that's what's right, and your view is wrong. And they say, now you're being intolerant. Yes. Wait a minute, but you're being intolerant <laughs> of our view. But, but, but oh. wait a minute, you're not allowing all views. But you're not allowing all views. You're not allowing my view. Yeah. There's that worldview clash. And if we're going to deal with that worldview clash, yes. the problem is if we just deal with it at the worldview level, yeah. they see it as hate speech, which is why we have to explain to them as Christians the right way to talk to these people is, listen, I'm a Christian. I start from the Bible. Right. That's where my worldview comes from. Right. I've had them say to me, I don't believe the Bible. Um, don't give me that Bible stuff. And a lot of Christians immediately will say, what should we do without... Uh, what arguments can we use and not use the Bible? And say, wait a minute, you give up the Bible, mm -hmm. you've given up your foundation. Mm -hmm. You've lost the battle. Right. When they say that to me, I say, you don't believe the Bible? No. Well, I do. Right? That's where I think it comes from. And then I bait them. Why did you leave the Bible? You think science has disproved the Bible? I mean, what were you taught at school? How do you decide right and wrong? Why should your right and wrong be the same as somebody else's or different yes. to somebody else's? How do you decide? What do you believe about where you came from? Where does your morality yes. come from? How do you decide if your morality is right? Why should, shouldn't somebody else have yes. a different morality to you? You're dealing with it at the foundational wow. level. Ken, that's and so clear. That's what I really yes. want people to understand. And, you know, I know we look at, at politics and what's happening today and I'm sure people have heard this, you can't legislate morality, it's a matter of the heart. Mm. But if we have people of the right worldview in politics, right. then they will, they will vote according to their worldview. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. You can't change a system, a nation, a culture from the top down. Yes. It's got to change from the foundation. Wow, Ken, this is so powerful and so clear. You presented a problem and you presented a solution going to the book uh, of Genesis. Is there hope though? Is there hope for America? Is there hope for turning this around? And, and, and what can people do? Because you, you, gave, you gave solutions and answers to common problems that every listener in their family, in their uh, uh, church, in their community are hearing and they don't know what to say. Is there hope? Well, you know, uh, Craig, I said things a little differently. Okay. Um, because I, I talk to a lot of people, they're saying, oh, we must be in the last generation. Jesus yeah. is going to come back soon. Yeah, yeah. But we don't know that, right? Right, right. And uh, they, they, they're all depressed and they say, it's, it's sort of hopeless. I mean, it, it's overwhelming yeah. when you look at what, what's happening politically yes. and in the culture and, and, and you look at the LGBT movement, it's all so powerful right. and what's happening. And I say, but you know what? Remember what Jesus said? Remember that parable uh, about, you know, the the king that entrusted resources to his servants and he said now I'm going to go away and uh, yes. you're to do the business of the king until I return yes. and of course that's 
to teach us yes. that Jesus is our king. Yes. He's entrusted resources to us. Right. Those resources could be our talents, yes. a gift of speaking, yes. uh, or whatever it is, or right. material resources. Right. And he's telling us, you use them until I return. So you know how I look at it? I look really? at it, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. All I know is I need to be faithful to do what God's called me to do. Yes. And we need to use the resources God's given us. That's why we built an ark right. and a creation museum to bring right. all these people in there right. and teach them the truth of God's word and equip yes. them. Yes, they're teaching uh, them the foundation of what you're talking them about. The foundation. Yeah. So where to do the business of the king until he returns? Because after all, what value would you place on one person's soul? You know, you yeah. think about a person's soul yeah. to spend eternity with yeah. the Lord. Yeah. You know, so you know, I don't look on it that we're going to go out there and try and change the culture. You're not but looking at the collective. You're looking at the individual. The individual. We need to go out there and impact lives because ultimately, lives, people change the culture. Awesome, Ken. That is so powerful, and 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 really, that does give hope because every listener can learn what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Incorporate it in their own communication. Encourage their church to learn of this. Encourage their pastor to start doing this. Really, what you're saying is something that every listener has the responsibility and the potential of being able to understand. So, if if I'm listening and I'm uh, you've given me a fresh excitement of the Word of God and and what to do, how do I learn this? What do I do? Because you gave so much meat just now. How do I uh, equip myself, my church, my pastor for this? You know, you used the word there, equip. Yeah. And I think that a lot of Christians today aren't game to go out and talk to people or they're very timid because they're not really equipped. Right. Um, and, and they're easily intimidated. Yes. Because when they bring up all these questions of today, you know, what about science? And you can't trust the Bible. And it's a book of mythology. Yeah. How do you know there's a God? And where did God come from? Yeah. How can I believe the Bible? And what about ape men? And, yeah. and where'd the Bible come from anyway? And so we need to be equipped. So I challenge people that they need to, need to challenge their church. Are you equipping us with answers to the skeptical questions of the age so we will not be intimidated to go out there and witness to people. Right. And you know one way to do this? We can help you with that. We have lots of resources on our Answers in Genesis uh, website, but challenge your church to bring their people to the Ark and the Creation Museum. I love it. The two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world because you know what we do? We have answers to all the most asked questions today in all those exhibits that we have. So they have fun while they learn. Wow. And it's for the whole family, and they get equipped. And if you've got a non-Christian you're witnessing to, I found a lot of people say, look, I'm just, I'm just not good at witnessing to others. So I invited my non-Christian family and friends to come to the Ark and the Creation Museum. So it's good for non-Christians the, as well. Ex- exactly. We have 30% non-Christians. Who wow. And, that do, and the Ark and the Creation Museum do the witnessing for them. So the Creation Museum... Tell, tell our listeners a little bit what the expectation if they went there would be and why it would be important to get their youth group, uh, their men's group, their women's group, the whole church to make uh, this a, a, an activity. Well, in fact, um, you know, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter are 45 minutes apart. Okay. But they are two, the two leading Christian-themed attractions in right. the world. 
And I would encourage people to go to the Creation Museum first. Okay. It's actually my favourite place. Okay. Even though the ark is spectacular, yeah. it's stunning. I mean, a yeah. life-size Noah's ark built out of wood. Amazing. I mean, people just go, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. awed. But at the Creation Museum, um, we actually have a whole series of exhibits that teach you about foundations. Yes. And God's word, man's word. We have a this massive exhibit that teach you about where the Bible came from, how it all came together. Right. And then we walk you through the Bible. We call yes. it the seven seas of history. Creation, uh, corruption, yes. catastrophe, confusion, wow. Genesis 1 to 11, Christ wow. cross consummation. Wow. So it's Genesis to Revelation. You experience the Bible and we answer all the most asked questions as you go along. And then we have a, a two-story dinosaur exhibit. We have an insectarium as well. Uh, we also have an exhibit on Israel to help people understand what happened between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. We have the most powerful pro-life exhibit in the world called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Wow. We have a planetarium uh, with a laser projection system. You sit in those seats and we have this dome and we'll take you into outer space and show you how big the universe is and, and so you can understand uh, the what heavens declare the glory this of God. Awesome. We have a 4D theater. Yeah. You put on infrared glasses and right. we give you an animated uh, walk through the whole Bible uh, in the 4D theater. And that really sets the scene and gives people a foundation. The gospel is presented so clearly there. We have a thousand seat auditorium where we have all sorts of programs running during the day as well. And then when you go to the Ark Encounter, we have three floors of exhibits, over 130 exhibits answering all the most asked questions people have about how can Noah get the animals on the ark and how can he build it and so on. Fantastic. But all about the Tower of Babel after the ark yeah. as well. All of that wow. is there and the flood and the fossils and yeah. climate change and we yeah. deal with everything yeah. and we present the gospel clearly. There's a virtual reality ride in a separate building. We sit in seats, put on these virtual reality goggles and you have a ride. It yeah. feels like a ride. Right. Back to the time of Noah and uh, see the ark and the flood and so on. We have a 2,500 seat conference center there. We have all sorts of programs running during the day and a zoo where we have an animal actor stage and we have daily zoo programs teaching people from a biblical worldview about animals, about kinds, about design. I mean, these are incredible places and what a place to bring your family, your church, to equip them and people tell me when they come and they see all these other Christians coming yeah. as well and all these people yeah. that are there that actually encourages them because some of them feel, feel like Elijah felt yeah. after he ran away from what happened with the, uh, the prophets on Mount Carmel there if you remember with the prophets of Baal yes and so I remember Elijah felt that you know he was alone, and God spoke to him and told him there were thousands that haven't bowed the knee. Wow, and that's the feeling you and get. You get that feeling. People have said that when you come to the Ark of Creation Museum, see all these people pouring in there, and they say, "Wow, there's others like us." And Ken, it really encourages this, people. This really sounds amazing. I have a true confession: I have not been. Now, now I have well, an excuse. All have sinned and come I, short I know. of the glory of God. <laughs> My wife and I have planned to go this year. Mm -hmm before I even knew that you were gonna be here. We're California refugees. We've moved to Tennessee, and that's on our list to definitely do. But I tell you, if I was still in California, after hearing what you have to say, I gotta tell you, whether you've got kids or grandkids, whether it's just yourself, you gotta go. And for your church, the church that you're in, can you be like the ambassador Exactly. in that church to be able to get people to come 
because this could be a, a, something that changes people's lives. But you know what? Based upon what Ken's saying, it can change our culture and it can change our politics. This is a, a foundation that we can really learn from, grow in, be able to see God's Word come, come alive. Absolutely. Ken, uh, any last uh, thoughts or, or comments? Just remember, Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for everything. It really is. Yep. Go and study it, and you'll see that. And as you read through it, and uh, come to the Ark and the Creation Museum. You know, um, w w when they market Israel, yes. well, one of their marketing phrases is, you'll never be the same again. Yes. Well, I can tell you, when you come to the Ark and the Creation Museum, you just won't be the same. <laughs> I can't wait, Ken. I can't wait. I encourage every listener uh, to make this go viral. Uh, you know, even send this podcast off to your friends and, and neighbors and church members. Um, next time, my wife will be with me. Ken, thank you so much. God bless you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.